0: This is the word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. I want to appreciate my father and mother in the Lord for this opportunity to minister God's word to you, Pastor Shala and Pastor Abigail. Um... I trust that you'll be tremendously blessed. Amen. Hope you had a fantastic week. You enjoyed last week? Are there testimonies to share from last week? Okay. This week is going to be greater. You believe it? Okay. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 29? I feel very impressed in my heart this morning to share with you In the line that our pastor has been sharing, he's been talking about, started talking about the seven mountains, he went into talking about worship. Then last week he spoke about how our belief can affect or determine who we ultimately become. This morning I want to share with us on what I have titled Fulfilling God's Plan for Your Life. Fulfilling God's plan for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 11 and 12. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12. The Bible says in the King James, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Then verse 13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. But verse 11, that's my focus. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Aren't you glad God is thinking about you? Are you sure? I want to say out very loudly God is thinking about me. Say it again. God is thinking about me. Say it one more time. God is thinking about me. God, the creator of the whole universe, the creator of everything, is thinking about me. That's an exciting thought to have. You know, why is God thinking about you? Simple. He loves you. That's why. Say out loud, God loves me. God loves me the way I am. (laughs) Me, 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 me. God loves me. You know, every single day, I think about my wife. I can't help it. Why? I think I love her. So I think about her. Oh, I'm telling you. (laughs) Reality and facts. (laughs) I think about her. I mean... I'm at work, very busy working on other things. And I oh, I've not spoken to my wife. And I try to call to just to find out how she is. I know she's fine. But when you call, you'd ask, are you fine? You know, and the Bible in the Ephesians chapter 5 talks about the marriage between a man and a woman as an analogy of his relationship with us. God loves us. So he's thinking about us. Every single day, you know, Psalms 8 verse 4 says, God is mindful. He says, what is man that thou art so mindful? What does when, when you say something, you're mindful of something. What does that mean? simply means what it means. Your mind is full of that thing. <laughs> God's mind is full about us. God loves me. He's thinking about me. You know, there's a song I heard many years ago. It says, praise the Lord, God is thinking about me. Praise the Lord He has my name on his palms. So my life is worth living. I can face tomorrow. For I know God is thinking about me. Say one more time, God is thinking about me. You know I'm excited about it. I could just stay here all day. God is thinking about me. Wow. The reason why so many people do not experience miracles in their lives is because they doubt God. They suspect God. They are not sure that he really has their good in mind. But he's good. God is thinking about me. That's what the Bible tells me. Now, the same verse in the New International Version. The same verse in the New International Version says, For I know the plans replaces the word thoughts with plans. And the Amplified Version says, I know the thoughts and plans the two of them together telling us that God has a plan for your life you are not a biological accident even if your parents told you that you were not planned I want to tell you this morning that God planned for you he has a specific plan for your life as a matter of fact if he never had a plan for your life you would not be on the face of the earth today God has a plan for your life. Many years ago, I remember, um, I was supposed to minister at a birthday party for about 10 minutes thereabout, And I was praying for that meeting, praying for what to say. And God said something to my heart that I have never forgotten. He said, Joshua, your birthday is the day your purpose needed the introduction of your presence on the face of the earth for that purpose to be fulfilled. Did you hear me? The day your purpose needed the introduction of your presence on the face of the earth. For that purpose to be fulfilled. That's why you were not born 500 years ago. That's why you were not born in the era of Elijah, Elisha. That's why you were not even born in the era when Jesus walked the face of the earth physically. There's a reason why you were born the day you were born. There is a reason why you were born into the family you were born into. Some of you might not like the family you were born into. Some of you might be angry, in quotes, with God. Saying, why why was I even born in Nigeria? I wish I was born in the U.S. Why didn't God just push daddy and mommy to just travel to the U.S.? Then they will give birth to me. They can come back if they like. The truth is, God had a plan. And you must be aware of it. God had a plan. And that plan is of good, not of evil. You see, you were always in God's mind. Always. The book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says something very instructive. God speaking to Jeremiah. God looked at Jeremiah and said, see, he says, before I formed thee. Before, before. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. He says, before you were brought forth from the womb, he says, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet to the nations. That means there was a conclusion in the mind of God concerning you before your conception. That's why you are not a mistake. Listen, let's borrow a thought from the manufacturer's perspective. Now, the person who made this microphone, yes, I think is sure. That's the name of the company that manufactured this microphone. Now, the first thing that happened in the mind of the manufacturer of this microphone was that they thought about it. How can we amplify the voices of people? What instrument can we make or create that would allow people to hear other people very loudly? Then they began to design this microphone with all the capacities, abilities, and potential to be able to deliver what they had in mind. Listen, before God created you, He had a specific plan for you. He had a specific thing He wanted you to come to the face of the earth to do. Then He came back and now created and wired you to go and fulfill that need. And He knew when to send you. He knew sending you some years ago would not make sense. So He knew the exact date to introduce you into the face of the earth. So regardless of the challenges we see around us in the world today, I want you to know that God already saw those challenges ahead. And He wired us to be able to solve those challenges. You must be conscious about this. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalms 31 verse 15. David understood this. And David looked at it and said, You know what, God? My times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. Your family was orchestrated by God. Was part of God's plan. God knew you didn't need to be born with what they call a silver spoon. Even if you're born with a mud spoon. God knew you didn't need the silver spoon to become who he wants you to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? He knew you didn't need it. The Bible tells us in the book of John that Jesus was moving from Judea to Galilee. And verse 4 says, and he must needs pass through Samaria. Now, if you study the map of that region, Jesus did not need to pass through Samaria, really. There were other routes to get from Judea to Galilee. But the Bible says he must needs pass through Samaria. And of course, you read the remaining parts of the story, you know why he passed through Samaria. Because he knew there was a woman that he needed to meet that was the door to the city of Samaria. You are not a biological accident. You are on earth at such a time as this for a particular reason. You remember the book of Esther? Talking about Esther. You know, Esther became queen and the Bible tells us very clearly that a man had plotted to kill all the Jews. Esther was a queen and she felt untouchable. And Mordecai sent a message to Esther and said, Esther, you need to go to speak to the king now. He said, it's important because he will wipe out everybody. And Esther said, tell Mordecai that if the king does not call you, you cannot approach the king. And Mordecai said, go and tell Esther. I like what Mordecai said. He said, tell Esther that if you think you will be saved, you are deceiving yourself. He says, for who knows? Maybe you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. We are here for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, God has a plan for your life. I want you to say it out loud. God has a plan for my life. Say it out loud. I'm not an accident. I'm a deliberate creation of God. Praise the Lord. You know, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 calls us God's building. And for every building, we know that there must be an architect. Right? Right? It is the architect's plan that is followed in constructing the building. God is our architect. He's the architect of our lives. Amen. Now, why are you on earth? You are on earth to make a difference. You are on earth to make a contribution. And you must never forget it. You see, you're not just passing through the face of the earth. Many years ago, a particular songwriter, Jim Reeves, Sang, this world is not my home. I'm just passing. It's not true that you are just passing by. <laughs> you are not just passing by. You are here for a definite mission. You are there for a, here for a definite purpose. You are not just passing by. You are here to make a contribution. Now, there are three schools of thought where God's plan is concerned. Number one, there are people who believe that they are biological accidents. God does not have any plan for their life. They just arrived on the face of the earth accidentally. There are people who believe that very strongly. They might never tell you, but watch the way they are living their lives. It says it all. Number two, there are people who believe, and this second category I'm about to explain is a very dangerous category to be in. There are people who believe that God has a plan for their lives. However, the fulfillment of that plan rests 100% on God. Nothing to do with them. They are the individuals who believe in what we call faith. F-A-T-E. They believe whatever will be, will be. Why am I just stressing myself? I mean, and there are people in church that believe that. That everything about God has a plan. Ah, we thank God But His plan. He is the one that will fulfill all that plan. If I, am, if I turn out successful, or I turn out a failure in life, that is how God has chosen it. And thank God for our Yoruba movies. They reinforce those thoughts. Are your mom? Is that what they call it? Uh-huh. They'll tell you that. It is, that is how it is. You say, no matter how you struggle, you can never rise. Why? That is how God has made you. That is your own faith. The person succeeding and doing well. That is his faith. He's enjoying that God planned so. You, your own. Listen, the Bible tells us very specifically and clearly from the book we wrote Jeremiah 29, 11 that we just read, that his plans for us are not of evil, but of good. Another version says plans of prosperity. So that can't be true. That anything that will be, will be. The third category of people are people who believe that God has a plan for their lives. However, The fulfillment of that plan depends on them 100%. God has done his part by just creating them. So let me fulfill this plan. Let me do it. Let me figure out my own life. That is a prideful way of thinking. Because we are too small to figure out our lives. We didn't manufacture ourselves. You see, your presence on the face of the earth is not your idea. It's God's idea. And the truth also is that God is too so organized to mismanage your life. So the truth is, the truth is, the fulfillment of God's plan for your life would only be realized by virtue of a partnership between you and God. Between you and who? And God. A partnership. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. The Bible says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, who is our, which is our reasonable service. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. A lot of times we stop there. But that verse did not end there. The verse goes ahead to say, it says, That ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. I like the word prove. Because in King James it says prove. As much as I do not always like going into Greek and Hebrew. Because sometimes people feel it is confusing. But the truth is it is very simple. Buy a concordance and you have all the original and expo. Amen. Now the word prove is a Greek word that can also mean allow. 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 That means... That it is our responsibility to allow the will of God to happen in our lives. It is not entirely on God. You have a responsibility, God has a responsibility. Say Amen. amen. You have a responsibility. God has a responsibility. Now can we open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And can you help me with the amplified version of that verse, Amplified version? The Bible in King James says we are his workmanship, right? I'm excited to be God's workmanship. The New Living Translation says we are God's masterpiece. Ah. <laughs> you know, when an artist wants to display and show you what he's capable of, he brings out his masterpiece. The New Living Translation says we are God's masterpiece. Alright. He says for we are God's own work. His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined. I want us to read this first part together. One, two, let's go. Planned beforehand for us, taking parts which He prepared when? Ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Hallelujah. God already has a plan. Ah, He has a plan. (laughs) But you see, it will be our responsibility to do this. Take part. Taking part is your responsibility. Now, let me give you a summary. What are the responsibilities of God where His plan for our lives are concerned? Number one, His responsibility is to develop that plan. It is his responsibility to develop the plan. That's the first thing. Number two, his responsibility is to create you. (laughs) So the first thing God does is that he has a plan. It is his responsibility to come up with a plan, not you. The second thing is to create you. And remember I said that in creating you, he created you with the plan in mind. That's why there are some things you do very effortlessly without struggling. There are some other things you struggle in. Tragedy comes when you try to major on what you are struggling on and ignore the things that you are just simply good at. It is wisdom to just stay in your area of strength. Amen. Amen. So the second thing he does is to create you. Number three, which is very important, is to provide the resources you need to fulfill that plan. Those are the three things God will do. You know, Pastor David was praying this morning, the Lord shall supply all my needs. The truth is, God does supply. So the first thing is that He develops a plan. Number two, then He creates you to fulfill that plan. Number three, then He provides all the resources. Not some, all. All the resources. What are your responsibilities? Two, number one, it is your responsibility to discover the plan. It is not God's responsibility to discover the plan. It is your responsibility. And remember, I use the word on note. I use the word discover. You discover something that is already there. And it's important for us to know also that God is more interested in you knowing and understanding His plan than you can ever be interested in knowing and understanding His plan. So He's not hiding it. (laughs) Why? Because He pays Him that you know. He pays him that you know. He pays him that you know. And you are the only one who can fulfill that plan the way he wants it. So, number one, it is your responsibility to discover that plan. And in discovering the plan, you must understand that there is what you will call the master plan and the details. The master plan and the details. The master plan is the big picture. Where you know God wants you to go. Or what you want God wants you to do. The details a lot of times is where believers fall short. The details. The details. The details. What happens every single day. In Isaiah chapter 46 verse 10. The Bible says God declares the end from the beginning. Right? That that is the character of God. He declares the end from the beginning. So, God shows you the end. I mean, and it's amazing. When you pray, when you study the word, and even in your times of quiet meditation, you, 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 there are things you desire. Those desires are from God. This, this is what I believe God wants me to do. Build massive orphanages everywhere. Ensuring that kids are not childless. And you can see it. But you see, there are the details that will take you from point A to point B. And for that to happen, you must have a walking, talking relationship with God. And this is why Bible study and prayer is important. When you pray and when you study the word, it is not God that benefits you benefit more. When you listen to the Holy Spirit lead you, you benefit more. You are getting to understand the details. Because God leads every single day. In the book of 2 Samuel, verse, chapter 5, from verse 17, we read a very, very interesting story. This was a story about David. 2 Samuel, chapter 5, from verse 17. About David. The Bible says, And after David was anointed king, Remember how he was anointed king. He was anointed king because he had fought battles. I mean, this guy was fantastic. He was good in fighting battles. As a matter of fact, history tells us that David never lost one battle. He fought about 60-something of them. Never lost one. So he knew how to fight. But 2 Samuel chapter 5, from verse 17, we read something interesting. The Bible tells us that after David was anointed king... The Philistines came and they said, Let's go and fight David. Any what I would have expected anybody to do is to just rise up and say, Ah, Shabbi, I can fight. Let's go. Let's go and fight. But the Bible tells us, rather than David doing that, David inquired of the Lord. He says, Lord, should I go and fight this battle? Letting us into the secret why David never lost any battle. Because he only fought battles that God commanded. He didn't go to fight battles that God didn't command. He said, Lord, should I go up and fight? And God said, yes, go up, fight. I'll give you the victory. And David went, fought, and he got the victory. And David came back. The Bible tells us in verse 22 that the Philistines looked at and said, ah, we lost that one. You know what? Let's regroup. Let's go and fight him again. And this time they came. And you would have expected David to have said, ah, shaping God He said yesterday that I should go up and fight. But David understood that you do not face today's challenges with the revelation of yesterday. He understood that you don't face the challenges of today with the direction of yesterday. God might be saying something else now. So David went again to God and said, God, should I go and fight? And it's amazing. You read the story. God said, don't go and fight. (laughs) He says, rather than attack them from the front, go and attack them from behind. He says, and wait, when you are behind them, wait until you hear the sound of the mulberry, then you can attack. That was what David did, and he got the victory. You can only have such victories when you have a walking, talking relationship with God. Walking, talking relationship with God. Walking, talking relationship with God. Hallelujah. You know, there is this very... Popular Yoruba song. I, I, I had to write it. My Yoruba is interesting, so I had to write the song. I, if actually, I told somebody to write it for <laughs> me. Some of you might know the song. It says, How many of us know the song? Okay, for those of us that are not Yoruba people or you don't understand Yoruba, it means Father. Come and help me carry my load. All right? And the remaining. But there is a variant to the song that I think is actually true. <laughs> this is the variant. It says, This is God responding to that child. <laughs> a lot of times when we come to God, I say, Lord, God is a What's your problem? (laughs) Guy, I've sorted you out. (laughs) Why? Because of the second responsibility of the believer. The first is for you to discover that plan. And the way you do it is by having a walking, talking relationship with God, right? The second thing is that it is your responsibility To recognize and maximize the resources God has provided. And this is where lots of people fail. It is your responsibility to recognize and maximize the resources God has provided for you to fulfill His plan for your life. When we talk about resources, what are we talking about? For example, time is a resource. God has given you time. You are not on earth by accident. He's giving you time to fulfill his plan for your life. With time, you can do wonders. There is a rule they call the 10,000 hour rule. A gentleman by the name Malcolm Gladwell, in one of his books, wrote about this rule. means that anybody you see who has become a genius has spent at least 10,000 hours doing that thing consistently so the person becomes a genius you watch certain people do some things and you think it's easy go and try it the difference between you and them <laughs> is that they have invested what? time God has given us time to become, you know, I have, I have the privilege of um, knowing about Pastor Shala knowing a lot about how, how he lives and one thing I know about pastor is that he invests time in praying. Time. 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 So you see the results in his life. He's not an accident. He invested time. While some of us are wasting time, some people are investing time. Watching games of thrones, thrones of games. Season 1 to 5. 10 days. You sat there in front of the TV watching that same thing there somebody has thought strategically about a business to do, invested the same time and gotten results. Time! Listen, there is nobody that you see who does things effortlessly that did not invest time in doing those things. Now, some years back, people used to, well, I, I, I guess maybe till now, <laughs> people used to come. There is no part of the Bible you mention I can tell you where it is in the Bible. I might not remember the specific verse, but I can tell you that what you just said is most likely going to be here in the Bible. And I'll open it and I'll show it to you. But brothers and sisters, I have read the Bible cover to cover about four times. It took time. <laughs> it took time. I didn't plan to be telling people scriptures. I just started reading the Bible. and I read and read and read and read. It just became part of me. Time. You know, they say that if you want to hide anything from a black man, hide it in a book. Well, I I don't believe it's true. But it's looking so. (laughs) Some of us, the last time we read any book is when we were in school. And we read to pass. After passing, that's all. People that make advancement in life invest time. You see... The fact that God has showed you what his plan is for your life does not mean you do not have a part to play. You have to be diligent and consistent. Invest time wisely. Invest time wisely. Invest time wisely. That's one of the resources God has given us. Amongst other resources, such as talent, even your mouth. Your mouth is not just for eating. Your mouth is to make confessions to chart your course in life. That's also a resource. Your heart. What you choose to believe. You see, in the book of Genesis chapter 13, the Bible tells us a very, very interesting story. The Bible tells us about Abraham and Lot. And the Bible tells us that you know, there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot and Abraham came to Lot and said you know what, we are family we can't be fighting, neither should our heads men be fighting, so you know what let's separate ourselves, you go one way I'll go the other way, you tell me where you want to choose, and I'll choose the other way Lot was not smart permit me to say Lot was foolish if I was Lot, it's like Pastor B coming to me now and saying Joshua um, there are two choices, whatever you choose if you choose something, I'll choose the opposite, I'll be stupid to choose first i say, ah, man, you choose first. The one that is left, I will choose. Abraham, he looked, John looked at Abraham and said, ah, okay, ah. Then he looked, the Bible says he looked at the plains of Jordan. He said, ah, this land is fantastic. And he chose that path. And Abraham went the opposite direction. Verse 14, chapter 14, rather, of Genesis. It was Abraham that went the other direction that came to rescue him. Because The fact that everything looks very well does not mean God is in it. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right to a man. But the end of that way is destruction. Some other version says death. Question. The way seemed right. It seemed right. That's why the man chose that way. But the fact that it seems right does not mean that is where God wants you to go. And that's why you must consistently develop a relationship with God where you're talking to Him, finding out, Lord, what do you want me to do? And trust me, it doesn't have to be an audible voice. It might just be an impression in your heart. A thought that comes to your heart. An idea that comes to you. But God can orchestrate situations for you to know that this is how He wants me to move. So you discover His plan and you recognize and maximize His resources. The last thing I will say in conclusion is that God's plan is bigger than you. God's plan is bigger than you. How do I mean? If you do not fulfill God's plan for your life, the consequences are beyond you. There are people that will suffer. So sometimes, when we either invest time wrongly, we are not doing ourselves disservice, but we are being selfish. Because there are people that will need your wisdom to invest time that you are going to let down. God's plan is bigger than you. God's plan is a lot around his kingdom. It's bigger than you. There are people that will never rise until you rise. God doesn't want... Yes, He wants your business to prosper. But He really wants your business to prosper. is beyond you. You know, Pastor was sharing to us about the seven mountains. Sorry. If you, if you go to become an authority in the mountain of the media, for example, it is going to be beyond you. The kingdom is going to be blessed because of that. There are people that you will have the opportunity to raise. Remember Apostle Selman. Two ways we can influence things for the kingdom. Number one, evangelism. The second one is what? For us to have influence. So when we fail to invest in the resources that God has provided, we do not only disappoint God's plan, but we also disappoint the plans of God in other lives. There are children that will remain under the bridge until you rise. Stop wasting time. Understand and maximize the resources that God has given us. God has a plan for your life. Amen. 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 And in case you are thinking that, ah, I have wasted a lot of time Well, I have good news for you. There is a God who is a restorer. And you know, the Bible specifically says that he's a restorer of What? Who knows that version, that verse, very well? He's a restorer of what? You don't know. Okay, let's open there. Joel chapter (laughs) 2. He defined what he was restoring to us. Because in that thing is a lot of other things. Joel chapter 2, verse 2. Verses twenty-five. He says, "I will restore to you what. Yes. Restore to you what? Yes. Restore to you what? Yes. Because if the years, what? Why we talk about years? What are we talking about? Time. That's what God restores. So, for example, if it will take you five days to do something, when God is restoring the years." You have wasted 30 years. So God looks at you and says, you know what? I will give this person an opportunity that in one day, everything this person would have gotten in 30 years, the person will get it in one day. That's how God works. That's how he restores the years. There is a particular math in Asia. That math is very expensive. It's very expensive because you can never find the same type of any of those mats in the world. But what people do not know is that the reason why you never find the same type of that math anywhere in the world is that the patterns on the maps are always different when they come up with one. When they produce one or make one, the patterns are always different. The reason the patterns are always different is because when they are making it, they make mistakes. <laughs> so, how many of us have seen where they are making what you call ashoke in Yoruba? Language before. So, typically, one person stands on one end and there's another person on this end. So, there's a, there are long threads. And then you have the main person who is weaving. He's weaving the mat on this side. The teacher of that person stands on the other side and watch it, is, keeps watching the person now all that you see if you just came to observe how they were weaving the mat is that the person who is weaving is weaving and then you see the teacher look and occasionally move some pegs move some pegs now what is happening the teacher is watching as the person is weaving the person makes a mistake rather than the teacher say hey stop, stop 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 the teacher corrects the mistake from his own end And allows the person to keep with him. You see, if you've wasted time, let's use the thread to represent your life. God is looking. So you've made a mistake. Rather than saying, hey, stop your life. Stop, 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 Huh? Stop. All that God can do and we will do is that he corrects it from his own end. And when your life appears in the finality of it, it comes out so beautiful. That you say, only God could have done this. Only God could have done this. He sure has a plan for our lives. Are you excited about that? Can you rise up on your feet this morning? Hallelujah. I want to say one more time, God is thinking about me. God has a plan for my life. I would discover that plan. And more importantly, I would recognize the resources He has placed in my life to make that plan come to pass. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Touring Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go! And to Christine, God bless you.